Blog Talk Radio. everyone and welcome to Violet Reiki Radio. I'm Rose Jimenez, your host. I am a Reiki master teacher practitioner and a Shihan, which is teacher also in the Japanese style of Reiki, Komyo Reiki Kai, which I also teach in addition to Karuna and Atlantean Reiki. Um, Violet Reiki Radio is on every Friday night at 9 p.m. And I would like to thank the founders of the Seika Network who, are, uh, who have given me this opportunity to bring you this show every week where we talk about all things Reiki. And we have some very wonderful Reiki guests through the – we're going into our third year here. And um, through the years we've had – quite a few people on, uh, wonderful, lovely guests, um, among who is Francine, my guest this evening. Uh, Francine has been on the show multiple times because I just love him to death. He's a wonderful, wonderful Reiki person and, and wonderful teacher and for getting Reiki out there to the public and Having actually the world know about Reiki, um, he and his wife Bronwyn have done really wonderful things with respect to that. He's the author of several books. Um, In addition to Franz, we've had on the show people such as um, we've had on Kathleen Prasad. She is the animal Reiki person. We've had Raven Keys on the show. We've had one of the founders of the Seika Network, Restita de Jesus. She is a Sifu in um, in uh, martial arts and, and Wushu. We've had on author Lorinda Weatherhall. We've had another person who is very dear 
to my heart and who I adore, Dr. Sheldon Mark Feldman from uh, Columbia Presbyterian Hospital. Dr. Feldman is working with Raven Keith now. He is the chief breast uh, surgeon, breast surgeon at the hospital, and he's working with Raven Keith in uh, developing medical Reiki master training. So we're getting more and more Reiki into operating rooms in the hospitals. So it's a great thing. And I try and bring you guys um, every week as much information and as many exciting guests as I can. Um, Now, as you know, you may not know, Reiki is a universal life force energy, an intelligent energy of love and wholeness. It understands the cause of problems and what healing is necessary. Reiki energy has a wisdom of its own, healing and balancing all aspects of a person's mind, body, emotions, and spirit. Reiki is a blessing, an instantaneously conferred sacred potential for healing, protection, personal and spiritual development. Just so you guys know, I have... uh, well, for more information on Reiki, you can visit my website, which is violetrosereiki.com, or send me an email if you have any specific questions regarding Reiki. Send it to rose at violetrosereiki.com. You can also find me on Facebook as Violet Rose Reiki or Violet Rose. And also on Facebook, I have a page which is called Reiki Ward. You can search it on Facebook as Reiki Ward or Reiki Ward page. And Reiki Ward was developed three years ago to provide, actually four years ago, to provide distance Reiki healing for humans and animals all over the world. So you would go, if you have a request for yourself or a neighbor or a friend, you would go to Reiki Ward, and just the way you post on a friend's wall or any other page, just post your request for healing. We will take it from there. And Reiki Ward does two to three rounds of healing every day at a minimum. What happens is your request comes in, Reiki Ward posts it up there for the practitioners, of which we have anywhere between 300 and 600 practitioners working on the requests that come in on a daily basis. And once those requests are in, we do the healing, we send it out, and then that request is put on our Reiki crystal grid for 24-hour, seven-day-a-week energy work and healing. If you're calling in tonight, if you'd like to speak with Franz or ask him a question, um, please call in the numbers 347-677-0699. And don't forget to press the number one. If you do not press one, we will not know you have a question and we will not have you online with us. We'll not have you on the phone. So if you'd like to speak with Franz or myself or both of us this evening, please remember Call in the number 347-677-0699 and press 1. And you'll be flagged and we'll see that you have a question and we'll bring you on air. Now, uh, I just feel everyone should know Franz, but again, (laughs) he is the co-founder of the International House of Reiki. He is also the co-author of the critically acclaimed books, 
uh, book, the Reiki source book. The contents of what Franz teaches is formed by what has been practiced in Japan since the early 1900s, long before the system of Reiki left Japan. And the researched influences on the system, um, this particular method includes physical and energy enhancing exercises to help practitioners delve deeper into their Reiki practice. The earlier teachings considered the system not just to be hands-on healing practice, but one that also focuses on a student's spiritual path. And um, Franz's practical understanding of the Japanese influences on the system of Reiki have allowed students around the world to connect deeply with this practice. So um, also, Franz has written a new book, The Inner Heart of Reiki, which I'm dying to talk to him about, and um, it's going to be a fun show. So without further ado, without listening to me and going drone on here, uh, let's see if we have Franz on the line. Franz on the line, Hello. is it you? Hello, Rose. Hi, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for uh, inviting me to the show. It's great. Thank you. I love having you on the show. <laughs> we uh, Well, I did promise you that when the Inner Heart of Reiki came out, we were going to have you back on. So so here we are. And we've got lots of exciting things to talk about because you have been, my friend, you have been barreling down the road all over the world, all over the place, doing, teaching, developing Franz, are you doing super Reiki on yourself, or how do you keep up with you? <laughs> <laughs> Some something like that. I, I sometimes get people that ask me, "Do I ever sleep?" Um, I do. I like my sleep, but for me, it's it's. Um, I really see it, Rose. It's also that when when we go deeper within the system of Reiki as a spiritual practice, and not just hands-on healing, but meditating on the precepts, meditating on the symbols, chanting the mantras, uh, practicing the meditations like Joshin Kokyo and Hachareho on a, on a daily basis. Uh, for me, we go more in our mind space where we let go of what I call the three times of past, present, and future. And um, what I found uh, that when I started to go and have the direct experience, I somehow had more time. So, uh, because I think we only limit ourselves with time when we go, oh, I only have an hour to write something or I only have so much time to do something. And it kind of limits ourselves. But if we let go of that, um, is it, feels within yourself. You have more space and more time to do things. So, uh, yeah, therefore, yeah, I've been traveling a lot this year, um, teaching in Europe. I just came back actually from Europe, teaching in the U.S. and in Australia. And, um, yeah, of course, promoting my book, what is great. I'm, I'm really happy with it, actually, how it unfolded and what happened with it. So I, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Um. I actually have the book here, and it's on my to-read pile. I have a very high to-read pile, <laughs> <laughs> but I promise I am going to get to it. Um, you know, 
at some point because they've been anxiously awaiting it. Yeah, you know, one of the reasons, Rose, uh, that I wanted to write this book, um, I mean, as you said in the intro, we've written the Reiki source book, the Japanese art of Reiki, your Reiki treatment. And uh, for me, we started first writing in 2001, and then the uh, Reiki source book came out in 2003. And, you know, when we practice, when we... uh, do our meditation practices daily within the system of Reiki, there will be changes. And therefore, the way I started to teach, the way I started to see things became different. Um, I started to train with uh, some Japanese people in Shigendo and in Shingon, uh, Tendai Buddhism, to get a more overall picture of what kind of uh, Isui's time frame was about and what they were practicing and all of that uh, really started to give me different insights in uh, Mikasui's tools and within myself and how these tools we can use for spiritual development or rediscovering our true self. So uh, I thought it was really time for me to put that on paper because we can only do so many classes. And therefore, we can only read so many people. And for me, uh, when we think about the system of Reiki, the majority still thinks of it as a hands-on healing modality. But for me, it it goes so much deeper than that. And that is really what the message I wanted to spread, that actually the system of Reiki was a spiritual practice, what included mindfulness practices, like focusing on the symbol for yourself, uh, chanting a mantra for yourself, uh, practicing Joshin Kokyoho. So all of those things really uh, fired me to write in the heart of Reiki. Right, right. Yeah, because it's so much more, there's so much more to Reiki than just placing your hands on someone and and doing the hands-on healing that I feel a lot of the general public just doesn't realize it. And from what I've seen, as I said, I have not gotten to read the book yet, but from what I've seen you posting about the book and and your posts in general, you know, there's so much more to Reiki that people don't know about that this book delves into that. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, you know, the, the one thing we can all commonly agree on is the precepts and, you know, do not anger, do not worry, be grateful, practice diligently and show compassion to yourself and others. Slightly different translations here and there, but um, if we really think about that, then within the precepts for me, what are the foundation? It doesn't say anything about uh, hands-on healing uh, doesn't say anything about uh, initiations or any kind of these things. But actually, it talks about a way of life, a way of being, and is a way of being which is free of anger, free of worry, uh, a way of being where we're grateful for whatever comes into our life, and a way of being where we practice this diligently all the time as much as we can. And then if we make a mistake, that's okay, because then we can be compassionate to ourselves and others. And if we kind of even look deeper within the precepts, we come across compassion. Sometimes it's, you know, be kind or kindness, 
but we can ask ourselves, what is the most profound healing we can do for ourselves? What, what is the kindest or compassionate healing we can do for ourselves? And what is the kindest and compassionate healing we can do for someone else? And if we really think about it, then that is really about rediscovering our true self, our, our inner great bright light, as Mikusui pointed out so beautiful in his Reiki three symbol and mantra. And um, for me, therefore, hands-on healing is, uh, is a wonderful tool. It's really the, the basic steps into feeling more the contact with ourselves, uh, the love for ourselves, the compassion for ourselves. But often, you know, we say, oh, we're going to do some hands-on healing. We hop into bed and we place our hands on ourselves and we fall asleep. And then the next day we say we had a great session. But for me, it's more uh, really about um, a much deeper aspect and very consciously and mindfully laying the hands on ourselves or mindfully doing the meditation practice like Joshin Kokiho or all of those. And Rose, also what I started to discover when I went to Japan and trained with these uh, uh, Shingon Tenda priest or when I trained with a Shugendo priest that when I talked about like the mantras, for example, Chokurei or Hunsuzeishinen or Seheki or Daikomyo, um, they all had quite an interesting aspect of, oh, yes, this means that. And I felt like, oh, of course, that makes so much sense. So we talked a lot about it and we, uh, we did certain practices with it to have the direct experience. So, for example, for me, uh, in the book, uh, I talk about, for example, Honsa Seishinen, meaning uh, my original nature is a, direct, is a correct thought, or uh, one of my teachers explains is that I am right mindfulness. And so, therefore, it's already saying we have to be in that right state of mind. And what is the right state of mind is pointed out again in the precepts. So... It's really about uh, the embodiment and look at, looking deeper into what does it mean? You know, each time asking ourselves, what does it mean? What does it mean? Can I go deeper in the meaning? And right. so therefore, and, uh, oh no, go ahead, sorry. No, because something just came into my mind. Um, because I deal with, you know, in my work, I deal with people who all think they're imperfect and they have problems and they can't love themselves and, just very messy stuff. Um, but yeah. I'm thinking, you know, if you're thinking of Hanshazishan and it's, I am in my right state of mind, the right, or yeah. the right state of mind, um, wouldn't you think that maybe that was a way also of saying to people, or the translation could be, um, no matter what I am, I am in right state of mind because even though I know I have imperfections, I'm imperfectly perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that is a, a, not a very clear message I see within Mikusui's teachings. And therefore, I really like his, uh, his metaphor in, the, in Reiki 3, a great bright light. And... Mm -hmm. You know, like the great bright light in Japanese teachings, you see it a lot in a lot of spiritual teachings. Uh, actually, you see it a lot in Buddhist teachings, clear light, bright light. And often it's, it's a metaphor also for spaciousness and 
therefore we can uh, be very confused what are like really dark clouds and confusing clouds but those clouds have no effect ultimately on their underlying blue sky and um, the blue sky is always beautiful and clear so we have to remember that even when we don't feel really well beyond that just a layer beyond that is uh, is a beautiful clearness and brightness what is always there we don't have to adjust it we don't have to add anything to it we don't have to take away anything from it it's always beautiful and bright and that's kind of what I start off with in the beginning with the book and I I gave the metaphor of a beautiful bright light and normally what we do with this bright light we cover it up with lampshades it's the lampshade of anger the lampshade of worry the lampshade of fear and suddenly we think we're in the dark, we feel confused. But actually that light is still burning, it's never gone out. And all we have to do is, is look beyond those lampshades and go, oh, actually that, 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 that light is always burning. But we have to purify ourselves with the practices Mikasui showed us in his teachings. And they help us to peel away these lampshades. And then that light of compassion shines outwards. And for me, I really see it too, Rose, that, that if we have a beautiful bright light and we put our hands closer to the light, it, it feels warm. And that's the warmth of compassion. That's the warmth of the kindness mentioned in the precepts. That's the warmth when we don't feel angry and worried. It's the warmth of being grateful. And we all know that, that when we receive a hug or a kind word or we feel grateful or we don't have anger and worry, that we feel that warmth within our whole being, not just in our hands, but within our whole being. And this light also um, needs electricity or energy to be bright. And that's the energy sometimes we can feel, not just in our hands, but maybe in our whole being. And therefore, it's uh, for me, the system of Reiki ultimately, or the inner heart of Reiki, is this beautiful brightness. It's the precepts, it's the embodiment of that compassion and kindness. So uh, I, 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 one of the reasons I wanted to write this book also is to, to say to people, Reiki is actually really simple. It just means compassion and love. It, it's as simple as that, but we try to make it complicated. Definitely. Definitely. I, you said it. I've always been saying it, that Reiki is love. It's the same to me. It's the same vibration. Um, and it is simple. Everybody tries to overcomplicate it because, you know, here in the West, I think the whole thinking or, or you know, mindset is if it's bigger and if there's more, then it's got to be better. So they keep adding stuff to it and, and you know, putting stuff on it and, and all these additions is just serves to confuse people even further, I feel. Yeah, I mean, another thing what my Japanese teachers were saying, um, you know, like one of them had, had actually done a Reiki class out of curiosity to see what was taught in Japan uh, nowadays. And uh, his his feedback was to me when I was there with him in Japan for seven days doing some one-on-one training, um, he was saying what I what he noticed, what he saw as as 
broad as the system of Reiki or Mikusui's teachings. He said, even for traditional Japanese spiritual teachers, it, it doesn't represent those teachings. It's too westernized. It's too modernized. It, it's not that clean Japanese, you know, like flower arrangement, just a few flowers, calligraphy, just one beautiful stroke, and, and, it's, and it's pure. And uh, he said, oh, that, that's really what he was referring to. And for him, he could really clearly see that in Mikusui's teachings, but not in the more modern uh, Western or even modern Japanese teachings. And, and that was another thing what I really wanted to show people that we don't have to add all sorts of things to it. Just keep it simple. Um, use the tools what were already taught by Mikusui as much as we can, you know, of course, uh, we can never say this is the, the, the true teachings of Mikusui because who knows? And, and even if we would ask five different teachers of Mikusui if they would be alive, they probably would say five different things because we all know we go um, to a movie and we get different things from the movie depending on the person. And it is said that Mikusui taught his students according to their spiritual development. And this is why, uh, for example, Hiroshi Doi, he uh, knew of uh, an Aikido teacher and his grandfather was a student of Mikasui. And he was uh, uh, taken into Mikasui's room and was shown the daikomyo. And some of other Mikasui's teaching uh, students weren't shown the daikomyo. And for me, that makes perfectly sense because uh, at that time, it was much more strict. And at that time, I think Asuwa would have said, oh, you're ready to really step into that space. And that particular student needs to still train. And ultimately, you know, it's, it's like how we train now. If you want to play guitar, for example, we cannot suddenly give someone a very complicated guitar set to play because we need to start from the beginning. And we only give that person the very complicated music to play when they have the skills to play it. Else it's a waste and else they might get um, dishearted with it. And it was really interesting. My daughter plays guitar and I was talking to her teacher who is uh, probably 60 and he told me the story and he said, Franz, when I started to teach, uh, because I said to him, I said, I really like your style, how you're teaching. And he said, when I started to teach. He said, my teacher gave me this very complicated piece to play. He said, I couldn't do it. He said, I packed up my guitar and it didn't play for 10 years. So, you know, we need to, to give the students at the right time, at the right moment, the right teachings. And teachers at the time in Mikasui's time did exactly the same. And therefore we can see already that there was differences. And one is not better than the other. Um, but yeah, I, I really like to show people that another aspect is not just hands-on healing, but actually a very deep spiritual practice. Right. Well, I, I kind I do the same thing with my students because someone who comes to me and that, let's say, for instance, if you're a very spiritual person, uh, if they are of a very spiritual nature and they've been doing spiritual practices all their life, well, it stands to reason that I'm going to 
move that person as my student, they're going to move along quicker than someone who is not of that, you know, design, so Absolutely. to speak. Um, yes. Same thing with psychics and empaths and intuitives, because that's their innate nature. They move along. You know, I'll tell them you don't have to spend as much time on this. And then for people who have no experience or no inclination toward the spiritual and they are coming to Reiki because it interests them and they're coming for the, quote, hands-on healing as well as personal development and the spiritual aspect, well, we start them in another place. I, I really don't, as a teacher, I don't believe that you can start all your students in the same place and expect them all to move along at the same rate. It's just, it doesn't work that way. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I agree. And I think this is why it's such an individual, ultimately, it's a very individual journey. I mean, I, I'm, uh, I'm having a student here this weekend, uh, yesterday, he arrived yesterday, and uh, so uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we're doing an intensive um, four days together where we, you know, um, for 45 minutes, we might chant just the first mantra, Chokerade, and for 45 minutes, we do Joshin Kokiohod, and for 45 minutes, we do meditating on the precepts, and then for 45 minutes. Um, so, you know, each time we can go deeper, but if I have a beginning student here and we do that eight times a day for 45 minutes, then we might have some trouble. So, you know, it's we we need to do that uh skillfully and therefore i think that the word compassion really shows that because compassion we can only be compassionate when we have connected to this beautiful bright light this beautiful bright light gives us clarity on how to teach each particular person in their way and i think right. that is such an important thing right you know i i i usually don't you know, talk about funny things. and But I've got a situation here in the studio, Franz. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this. My cat, she's a black cat. Her name is Pasht. And she just popped up on the desk here, and she sat in front of me, and she's listening to you through the, you know, she can hear you through the headset. And she's purring. And then at one point you were talking, and she reached a paw up to my microphone like, I have a question for Franz because <laughs> she loves Reiki. Wow. And yeah, she loves Reiki and um I guess she loves you because she's like, Yeah, you, you want you wanna ask Franz something that will help you when you assist mama? <laughs> <laughs> this is hysterical. But um Well, you know, what I've discovered actually, Rose, was that um we have some animals where I live, and uh, when oh, we I do the chanting of the mantras like Chokere, a lot of the animals is is feel very connected to it. And um, you know, sometimes I just sit in the garden or stand, and then I just chant it, and you can see some of the animals coming closer. And I don't necessarily direct it to one of them. You know, for me, it's more be like the sun and each animal or person can take from the sun, from this great bright light, whatever they need. But, uh, yeah, I found that it's a very, they feel very connected to that space. Yeah, and, like, tonight I, was, I had a session, and this is a client, when she comes, her daughter comes, and sometimes her granddaughter comes. So 
the daughter and the granddaughter were sitting in the in the waiting room and uh client was on the table and they all love passion you know they're like oh where is she and i don't know i think she was hiding in the closet or something and then three quarters of the way through the session i i see this black tail sticking out from under my table <laughs> walking along and it's like she first came in to say hello to the client and then she went into the other room to say hello to the the daughter and the granddaughter, but yeah, animals just resonate so well to Reiki, and Kathleen could attest to that too <laughs> with the animal uh, absolutely. Reiki, yeah. Sarah, and all that good yeah. stuff that she's doing. Um, let's see, where are we? We have a question, Franz. So let's see who's on the line with us. Perfect. Hi, eight six zero. You're on the line with Rose and Franz. Who's calling? Hello? The invisible person. It's the invisible person, 860. You know, sometimes when they're on hold, they get up to go do something, and then they don't hear when I say, hi, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the other but, things, Rose, what I... Well, what, one of the other things, Rose, what I did with the inner heart of Reiki... Um, was that I peppered it with quotes from Japanese spiritual teachers uh, like Jiko Kono, um, Tyson Desamaru, like very well-known Zen teachers, uh, Shingon teachers or Tendai teachers, um, just to show people that those teachers actually come to the same conclusion and say the same thing. So... One of the, when I was in Japan and, and talked to these more traditional teachers like Shingon priest or Tendai priest and Shigendo priest, um, one of the things they were a- emphasizing is that, you know, like if you look at all of these different traditions like Aikido, Zen, Tendai, Shingon, Shigendo, the system of Reiki, you come across the same concepts and therefore what they were also saying that if these concepts are not taught within the system of Reiki, then we already know that that has been modernized and not really coming from that very rich Japanese cultural background where all these more traditional teachers still teach from. And so therefore uh, I really put quotes in it to show the similarities and that this concept of is not something I have thought up, but actually that there were concepts within the Japanese cultural heritage in Mikasui's time and even afterwards and before that. So uh, we can see that his teachings are really seeped into all of these very traditional Japanese ideas and concepts. And of course, it doesn't mean we have to adhere to those but they give us pointers to really rediscovering our true self that beautiful inner great bright light right and i i mean i believe i read where mikhail sui did study religions he was a tendai buddhist but he did study the shingon and the and the shugendo correct well one of the things Sorry, I was just drinking some tea at the same time. 
but for today, we do not worry. Um, what is really interesting that, Rose, if you, in Tendai Buddhism, traditionally and particularly also um, Nikasui's time, very interwoven with shamanic practices, Shinto practices, uh, mountain practices. So we can see a lot of traces of all of these in kind of one practice. And what we have as a Westerner, we say, or as a modern practitioner, even in Japan, modern Japanese, they say, oh, this is, is Catholic, this is Christian, this is Tendai, this is Shinto, really dividing it. But actually, traditionally in Japan, it was undividable. They were all part of the one pot, part of the one soup. And they would have called a Shinto deity a different name than in the Buddhist tradition, but the concept and the ideas were very, very similar, sometimes actually exactly the same. So um, actually my plan for, well, actually it's more my teacher's plan, um, <laughs> for next mm-hmm. year is um, to go even deeper in Mikasui's footsteps. Um, Mikasui said that he was a, a lay monk, and my teacher wants me to become a lay monk uh, from uh, one of the prestigious Shigendo temples in Japan. And uh, because when you become a lay monk like Mikasu in his time, uh, you actually get access to more teachings. Uh, it, it opens more doors to you, uh, not just as a foreigner, but even a Japanese person, uh, those doors stay closed. So you, you kind of, he's saying, if you want to know more, I, I suggest or highly recommend that you step into Mikasui's footsteps and, and become a lay monk. And a lay monk also means that you can have uh, family. You can just, you don't have to live in the temple. I can keep my hair, although it's thinning out and graying out. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so I'm, uh, it will be uh, next year in May. I'm planning with my teacher to go for two two weeks into the mountains. It will just uh, probably be just uh, my teacher and one more person. So uh, really sitting in a cave doing the meditation practices, going into the mountains, very similar. Of course, I'm not going to do the 21-day fasting what Mikasui did because I, I'm not ready for that. But um you know, it's, God it's, definitely, it <laughs> it's definitely a taster. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that and and kind of seeing what kind of doors that open for me. And I, I do this for two reasons. A, I do it for my own self-development, but another very big reason for me I, that I do these is that, A, not everybody has the possibility to do it. Um, B, not everybody has the context to do it um, because in Japan you need to be invited. You cannot just roll up and pay some money and do that. So uh, you need to gain the trust of the person and that might take five, 10 years, 15 years, depending on who you are. And so that I can take those kind of teachings back into the modern world and say, oh, actually, this is also part of that whole cultural heritage. And this is also how we can see the system of Reiki and how, how this uh, connects. And it doesn't mean we have to become a monk or a nun or a lay monk or nun, but is for me, I see it really. And my teacher says that too. He says, you, you have the ability 
and because you, you can you can have these both feet one in the modern world one in our traditional world so we we can help you to become that bridge how can we bring these more traditional teachings with this very in-depth spiritual practices what Mikasu was practicing himself and form them in a more modern jacket and for them they say we cannot do that because we are too we have too many rules and regulations but because you stand with one foot in either side, you can do it. We, we can allow you to do that. So that is really exciting for me, what I'm looking forward to next year. And who knows what comes out of that. But uh, I see that kind of was started already with uh, this book, The Inner Heart of Reiki, um, delving deeper into that true self. Because um, for them, really, it's... Um, the most important thing is not that we learn the history of Reiki or that we can say the precepts a couple of times or that we know how to draw a symbol, but actually for them is really that you sit down on your butt and do your practice, say meditate on the precepts 20 minutes a day, uh, meditate with Josh and Kokiho 20 minutes a day. And, you know, they have the ability. I mean, these people, they go into the mountains for... Uh, one of my teachers uh, did the 21-day meditation practice, uh, no eating, no drinking. And, you know, they they have such a gift of seeing if you actually apply the practices and have done it, have embodied it, not just know it in your head, or Mikasui was born on this date and died on this date, or the precept is do not anger, do not worry, but that, that it oozes out of you, that it is in your heart. And that is really, I think, what they're looking for. And I think this is also what I try to promote more because we can all know the precepts in our head, but as we know, it's really difficult in our daily life. We're being pushed, pulled left, right, and center, by violence, by greed, by toxins, by anything. So uh, devastation, deforestation, animal cruelty, you name it. So I think it's, it's time at the moment in this world that we say enough is enough. But to make that change, it doesn't need to come, or it, actually I don't think it can come from an intellectual state. We have to embody it. So therefore... We have to be more diligent in our practice to embody it and be that change we want to see in the world, like what Gandhi said. Exactly. At this point, we're going to take a brief break so you can grab some tea and you can grab some water, and we will yeah. be back. The Heart Truth is a campaign sponsored by the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute to raise awareness about heart health. One thing that everyone can do to support heart health is to get moving. Health and fitness expert Dr. Pamela Peek says that small steps can lead to big benefits. Throughout the day, just get up and move more. Park your car in the farthest parking spot. Find any excuse to walk as you live your busy life. The key to heart health is regular physical activity and a balanced diet. I help get my patients educated and motivated to stay active every single day. That's why I'm behind the Heart Truth campaign and those who partnered with it, like Diet Coke. 
Join them this month as they work to educate, inspire, and motivate by visiting dietcoke.com slash heart truth. This is Annie Lennox of Eurythmics for Rad. Please don't drink and drive. And don't drive if someone else has been drinking. Thank you. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Ristita De Jesus. And I'm Robert Deal. We're the founders of the Seika Network on Blog Talk Radio, and you're listening to Violet Reiki Radio. Packers. Vikings. We come from different places. Uptown. Downtown. We come to different conclusions. Half empty. Half full. But when we live united, we make a real difference in the building blocks of life. Children succeed in school. Families gain financial stability. The health of our neighbors improves, and suddenly so do our communities. Real change won't happen without you. Live United. So give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Sign up today at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. This is Namdi Asamoah. I play football for the Philadelphia Eagles, but what I do off the field with United Way might be more important. I'm a volunteer tutor and mentor. Why? Because over a million kids a year drop out of school, and that's not okay. It takes 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes about the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be me, or it could be you. Studies show that if we get to these kids earlier, their chances are better. And kids who read well by third grade are more likely to graduate. So join me in United Way. Suit up and take the pledge. Become a volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor. Because when a child succeeds, we all succeed. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way, the Ad Council, and the National Football League. You're listening to Violet Reiki Radio on the Seika Network through blogtalkradio.com with your host, Reiki Sheehan, Rose Jimenez, your source for all things Reiki in love, light, and healing. Okay, we are back with Franzina of the International House of Reiki. Uh, once again, if you'd like to call in and ask Franz a question, I see we lost someone. Um, the number here is 347-677-0699. Um, Franz, why don't you fill us in as far as what you're going to be doing in the States here? I think you have one or two more classes. And uh, if you have any online seminars and how our listeners could get a hold of you. Yeah, as you know, uh, as you said before, I'm, I'm quite busy. So I'll be teaching in uh, February in Hawaii, a Shimpanen class and a Reiki play day. Uh, so the Shimpanen class is a Reiki 3 teacher. Some people call it master class. And 
it's a three-day class and then a one-day play day where we just you know go deeper within the system of Reiki and I do the same in Los Angeles after that and then I'm in Ben Lomond what is just outside of Santa Cruz with a two-day workshop what is called the inner heart of Reiki and it's really based on the book and where we focus for two days on delving deeper into that and um of course, the next year I have three four-day Reiki retreats, one in California, one in uh, Pennsylvania, and one in Massachusetts. Uh, so that will be exciting, and it's four days, really intensive, going deeper. Um, there will be a Shimpanen class in Sonoma. There will be a Shimpanen class in New York. There will be... I don't know, some other things what I can't think about now. And, uh, and of course, uh, there will be, uh, I'll be teaching in Holland next year again, where I'm originally from. And I'm working on actually teaching from my hometown where I was born. So that will be kind of making it full circle again. So that will be oh, wow. uh, fun. Yeah, I haven't, uh, actually, I was just in the Netherlands uh, when I was teaching in Europe. And I met up with some friends who I hadn't seen for 25 years. So, um they were saying, so, so what are you doing? You're teaching Reiki? What is that? It was, it was quite hilarious. So, um, um, wow. Classes in, um, there will be a retreat in Europe and there will be uh, classes in Australia. Uh, my Japan trip next, next year for two weeks, maybe three, depending on if I meet up with another teacher. So, yeah, lots of those kind of things happening next year. I'm working on another Reiki book. I'm working on a non-Reiki book as well. And um, so, yeah, lots of exciting projects. Yeah, it looks like a lot coming down the pike. Very good. And uh, if anyone wants to find your website, you are the I-H-R-E-I-K-I.com. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and okay, I've got great. two um, Facebook pages, uh, Franz Diener, and the other one is just International House of Reiki. Um, I always try to post some. My daughter said, Dad, you're always on Facebook. I said, no way. She's, she's 15, <laughs> you see. Um, and then afterwards she said, Dad, you need to lose weight. You're getting a bit of a tummy. She just said that. We were having lunch together. I was laughing. Um, so anyway... Uh, it's the good life, you know, when you meditate all day and you eat some nice food and you get a big tummy. But, well, I think um, you're kind of a foodie, but, aren't you? Don't you really enjoy your food? You know, you're not like just throwing like, anything in there. I like my good food, yeah. Good absolutely. quality yeah. food, yeah. yeah. Good quality <laughs> food. That's one of the things I enjoy when I'm traveling and teaching everywhere is trying out different restaurants. I mean, you're from New York area. I mean, I like, uh, I'm in June in New York and there's some great, vegetarian vegan restaurants oh i love it it's just you know so that's always good and uh yeah it's a lot of plans lots of ideas and you never know what life brings us right you never know you have to be open at all times everybody that everybody plans their life and i want 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 and you know i find the only place that gets you is really into a place of misery because I stopped planning years ago. I even stopped making, like, my daily agenda. I mean, okay, I have to do, I have classes set, I have appointments and sessions set. Yes, those things go in the book. But as far as other things in my life, I wing it. I just wing it. <laughs> if it gets done today, it does. If not, 
tomorrow, if not the next day. And I find that in the course of a week, everything that I was thinking about that I'd like to do, it winds up being accomplished, whether I obsess over it, push it, try and help it, manipulate. Like the priest said, say, you know, don't worry. I think we've been taught to worry. I think we've, we've learned worry. I don't think it's our innate nature to worry. No, I don't think so. It's uh, it's one of these obscure things we put over us and we're kind of being pushed into that by family, society, etc. But yeah, I don't, I, I plan the classes, of course, I need to do that, but then I let go and jump in the river of life and see where it takes me. Yeah, really. I mean, that's just, uh, it's so much easier. I remember saying to a friend of mine once about all this craziness that we all do, I said, you know what? I, I was meditating one day and this thought came to me. The universe really just wants us all to have fun. You can't say that the universe has put upon all these crazy demands and stresses and whatever. That's not what the universe wants. The universe wants us all to relax and, and be free and enjoy life and have fun. We've done this to absolutely. ourselves. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, this is, I start the book actually uh, with a poem I wrote, and it's called Digging for the Truth, A Glimmer of Hope. Maybe if you like, I can read it out. I'm not a good sure, reader-outer. Um, so I wrote this poem a while ago, and it's called Digging for the Truth, A Glimmer of Hope. A storm blows through my mind. I'm dragged away to the past, present, and future. Memories are grabbing hold of me like the cold iron fist of winter. Worry engulfs me as if I'm drowning in a lake and the fear is overwhelming. My energy is shaking like a shorn sheep in the bitter night of early spring. Yet deep underneath all of this turmoil is my confused, turbulent mind. I can see a glimmer, a glimmer of hope. I need to dig deep underneath the soil, getting my hands dirty, leaves in my hair. A kind of wild look on my face as I dig deeper than I ever have. But the more I want this glimmer, the deeper I need to dig. It never seems to stop. This glimmer of hope keeps eluding me as if I'm trying to grasp air with my bare hands. Each time my hands close, I peek inside as if I finally got it. But nothing is there. I'm tired of digging, tired of the storm in my mind. Tired, oh so tired. I finally gave up my doubt as big as the tallest mountain, my doubt that I'm not strong enough like an ox to dig. I fall on the moss, moistened by my tears, giving up, and I let go. The earth starts to shake. Suddenly the clouds depart, and the sun shines in all its glory. My eyes are closed, a light deep in sight. Heat blazes through me, devouring all my doubt and my turbulent mind. Layers upon layers, are just falling away like castles made of playing cards. Nothing is left. I am naked. The truth shines right into my heart. Just be. Just be. Just be. It is whispering. Wow. That is great. Thank you so much. Um... So for One of, me, I wrote that because I felt that that for me embodied my journey into the system of Reiki. Yeah. 
I'll tell you, one of the things I, I have my students do, and I think one of my very first shows on, on Violet Reiki Radio was comparing the book by Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements, with mm. the precepts, the Reiki precepts. Because in that book, what he teaches us, and not only myself, uh, I've been helped by that book, but I keep seeing daily more and more people saying that from years ago when he wrote that book and he's written subsequent books that were just as, as good and better. Uh, but just in those, those four little agreements, and when you read the book and the whole crux of the book, which is basically saying, look, you know, we're all trying to live somebody else's dream of what life is about. You have to, Break away from that and you dream your own dream, which basically he's saying you make your own life. You live your own life. Why are you trying to live somebody else's life? And if you just keep to those four agreements, then you'll be fine and, and you can then construct your own life. So mm-hmm. I, I think you all spend too much time trying to be like other people and be even like in the generations, be like your parents, your grandparents, your great, great grandparents. I think this is now the time, especially now in this new age and, and the new millennium and everything. Be who you are, you know, be who you are. More importantly, go back and be who you were born to be and where you were born from yeah. your original state, which is the state of love. That's Absolutely. all you have to do. Just be yeah. and just be love and you'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, this is an interesting concept, Rose. I mean, for me, I see two things in that. A, uh, the word gyo in gyo hakame, what has been translated very simply by most of us, like work hard, uh, but I say it can also mean practice diligently. But gyo has a much deeper layer. And on one layer, gyo means a pure experience. And the pure experience of gyo is the pure experience of your true self. Not, not, your not Rosie's experience, what I have to experience, no, my experience. And, right. and your pure experience is not Francis's experience. No, it is Rosie's experience. And therefore, the pure your, experience of your own essence, of your own soul. Absolutely. And, and therefore, your Ohakame can also stand for be true to your way and your true self. And I think right. this is such an important element. Um, what we have to realize. And therefore, for me, the system of Reiki is not, um, you have to be true to Francis way of teaching. You, you have to be true to Betty's way or to uh, uh, Suzuki's way or to Toyota's way. I just call some names, you know. Um, you have no, to, in essence, it's saying be authentic. Just be authentic yeah. with you. Yeah. That's it. The teacher is there to help you to find your authentic self and we call it yes. true self or true nature or great bright light or buddhahood or god essence or higher self it doesn't matter what we call it sometimes right. we get caught up in all of that uh we can just call it reiki you know spiritual energy your true self is really that right. um and and i think also rose what you were saying you know you you quoted this beautiful book and I think also what we have nowadays that when we say, oh, but Reiki is so different than Tai Chi, it's very different than Buddhism, is very different than Christianity, is very different than 
Yeah, the, the practices are different, but the essences are the same because all of those teachings want to go back to the same thing, and that is love and compassion. They're all connected by one common thread, but yet different. Yeah. Connection is the same. Practice is different. Yeah. That's it. But the rest is all the same. Exactly. And therefore, it doesn't matter what we do as long as we remember that beautiful, great, bright light. It doesn't matter what path we follow as long as the path is helping us to become kinder, more compassionate, less angry, less worried, less fearful. And that's the most important element. Right, right. Well, Franz, it's 10 o'clock here in New York. And, Wonderful. Uh, it's 2 p.m. here. <laughs> we have come to the conclusion of another show. Thank you so much for being my guest. I wish you well. And I guess I'll, I will see you around Facebook. Probably. Thank you, Rose. And thank you for inviting me. And uh, Rose, I think uh, your uh, this is being recorded and will be posted on, as you say, on Facebook probably. Yes, as a matter of fact, uh, within about a half hour after this live recording, it will be available in the archives through the same link that anyone's clicked on to listen to it via computer. And tomorrow it will be available. The recording of the show will be available on iTunes. Look under the Seika Network for Violet Reiki Radio. Perfect. Thank you for doing that. And thank you for inviting me. And um, thank, thank you, you so for much. all the listeners. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Oh, always, Franz. And I look forward to hopefully seeing you in person in 2016. Somewhere along the line. Definitely, Rose. Have yeah. a lovely evening. You too. Thank you. And thank Bye. all of you for listening. Bye-bye. Thank all of you for listening and for um, calling in, and have a lovely weekend, everybody. Thank you.